Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politic. We are live. It's Tuesday. Kind of an unusual. This is the mid midweek yep. fix. <laughs> the pre midweek. The pre midweek fix. The appetizer to the midweek fix. Pastor mm. Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy. Make sure you guys uh, share the show. Of course, it should be pulling up on the app if Neil sent out. I just, I just a shared. message on the app right now. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming notifications. Yep. Notifications are coming. Um, we we kind of. Want to do this special show because we have a pilot from Southwest Airlines who's going to yeah. come on and talk to us yeah. about what's going on in the Southwest Airline debacle. I don't know if you can call it debacle yet or whatever. <laughs> we don't know what uh, it we is. Don't, we so don't know what it is. is. Uh, and then maybe SBC's leadership connection to uh, its Man. guidance on the whole vaccine mandate. It's all connected. And then we got Rod Martin coming in <laughs> oh on top goodness. of all this. So we, kinda, oh. we got a full, full show here. So three days everything. later... 2,300 flights ground down, probably more now. Yeah. The weather is apparently still affecting Southwest Airlines' ability to keep up with with, with all the other airlines. <laughs> because <laughs> the other airlines incident. haven't been grounded, the weather doesn't affect them? It's like COVID. And when oh, you're in a restaurant, yeah, I yeah, get it. Yeah. So CEO Gary Kelly was asked this morning on Good Morning America whether the vax mandate has anything to do with it at all. A lot of people invested in this idea that this is somehow related to vaccine mandates. There's just no evidence of that. Uh, you know, as I said, and as Captain Murray said, our people are working very hard. Uh, they're doing a great job. I'm very proud of them. Uh, and especially when we get into a difficult situation like this, <laughs> no, seriously, uh, yeah. they're also delayed. They're also ending up in places uh, that they didn't expect. So, uh, no, our people are doing a, a phenomenal job. And the vaccine mandate obviously is controversial, and uh, it's not anything that that I wish for our company. Uh, this is a government mandate; it's a presidential order, uh, and we're doing our best to comply with that uh, according to the deadlines that, that have been set. Um, we're not going to fire any employees over this. We're urging oh. all of our employees to get vaccinated. Oh. If they can't get vaccinated, uh, we're urging them to seek an accommodation. So. Uh, uh, you know, we'll do everything we can to support our people here. Wow. So with us today, we're grateful to have Pastor Adam Horback, pastor of Harrison Hills Baptist Church, also pilot at Southwest Airlines, father and husband. And bold man. He's the whole package. He's the whole package. Oh, man. He, <laughs> pastor, pilot, husband, father. Pastor Adam, is Southwest CEO Gary Kelly telling the truth? Well, guys, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on the show. But look, I have to say at the outset, I do have some great news. I think we can just stop the Inquisition, hot off the press from the Babylon Bee, <laughs> Southwest Airlines offering free flights to all passengers who are vaccinated <laughs> and can fly a plane. So, <laughs> not a lot of takers yet, but, you know, it has potential. I don't think that's good so. news. <laughs> yeah, I'm not flying that way. <laughs> Well, look, guys, uh, this is a, a rapidly changing, uh, changing situation. And of course, you know, the C-suite of Southwest was put into uh, put into overdrive this weekend and they're out in their uh, in their media in their media suits uh, on Monday and Tuesday here to mm -hmm. to spin. Um, mm. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of things that we could talk about. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get to all the questions. Um, but. What I can speak to is personally as a pilot, um, and I can tell you that um, 
you know, to, to, to start at the beginning, you know, the Federal Aviation Administration, um, they produce a manual called the AIM. That's the Aeronautical Information Manual. And if you turn in that manual, you'll find basically what's an internal checklist for pilots. Okay, this is a checklist that we as pilots are supposed to sit down and self-examine ourselves before we go to fly. And they actually give it an acronym called I'm SAFE. Stands for illness, medication, stress, alcohol, fatigue, and emotion. Yeah. So I'm supposed to every before I go to work, I'm supposed to sit down and self-evaluate myself. Am I ready to get into this jet and have hundreds of people put their lives in my hands? Mm. And so what happened on October 4th when Southwest announced that that this mandate was going to be, quote unquote mandate, uh, was going to be put into effect, you just told an estimated 3,000 airline pilots, and that's our internal estimation on how many are, are currently unvaxxed out of a, a pilot uh, group of about 9,000, we're estimating about 3,000 are unvaxxed, that in six weeks, just before Christmas, they're not going to have a job. Mm. They're not going to have a job. A career that we worked decades to achieve. I mean, many through heroic military service in all different uh, theaters yeah. um, that you are going to be out of a job. Well, all 3,000 of these people, indeed all 9,000 at Southwest, are consummate professionals. And before they go to work, they're going to run this internal checklist. And I can't think of a single person out there who knew that their decades in the making career was about to be turned to dust in six weeks could go, yeah, I'm good to go to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this I, is, I'm not safe. Yeah. No, but so, so they, they, um, you said this happens on, on last Friday, but you know, Joe Biden announced this back in August. I think it was that he was mandating this. So, I mean, didn't they know it was coming? Why would it come as a shock to them last Friday? Yeah. And it, you know, I, I can't speak to the inner workings of, of Southwest corporate. What I can say is historically, uh, Southwest has not been one to get out in front of itself. They've not been a company that, to get out in front of uh, legislation or cultural movements. They've always kind of hung back. Uh, and this is this kind of goes along with that uh, that uh, that M.O. So, Adam, can, can you talk a little bit about um, Southwest Airlines Pilot Association uh, and the restraining order that temporary restraining order that was brought against Southwest, because it seems like the first thing I did when I turned on the news was I saw that, oh, my goodness, weather has canceled a whole bunch of flights. And it's like this is the most flights I've ever seen canceled, actually, um, <laughs> <laughs> over a three day period of time. And I'm the weather. Everybody else is flying. So so what, but and, and no one else is talking about the lawsuit that is happening right at the same time that all this is breaking out. And so people, the good sleuths over the internet, which is always undefeated, started kind of putting a couple things together. What is this, this temporary restraining order that was filed against Southwest? No, no, no it's definitely us. No, I, I, I don't know if that was us. It was Zuckerberg. I don't, it was Zuckerberg. I don't know. The <laughs> they're, already, they're already jamming us, guys. Yeah. So, right. so yeah, I don't know, did, no, you, hey, did, did you need me to repeat that or did you hear that, Adam? No, no, I got the question. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, on Friday, the Southwest Airlines Pilot Association filed a TRO, I believe, in the North Dallas uh, 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 jurisdiction, uh, basically attempting to put the brakes on this mandate. Mm. Um, and we've got, you know, when, when we're talking about um, the Southwest Airlines Pilots Union, 
there's really two two faces that you have to deal with there. Uh, one is uh, there is huge precedent out there, mainly with I don't know if you guys remember the big meltdown with Spirit Airlines uh, quite a while ago. Um, they've had a few, but their union was uh, severely um, uh, fined and severely uh, uh, punished for uh, perceived work actions, official or unofficial. Uh, and so you have a um, uh, you have a a union that is very very concerned that they not be tagged with supporting uh, officially or unofficially any sort of of work action. And so I think we would probably be remiss and maybe even fooling ourselves a bit if we didn't think that uh, uh, Southwest was very much in a discovery mode on that and looking through forums, watching shows, <laughs> uh, different things like that to see uh, and have proof that uh, that pilots were, were doing something. So what do you mean do a union wants to stay away from uh, a set of actions by its members that are um, being political with their what, what what do you mean specifically no so 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 we're governed because we are union employees we are governed by the railway labor act okay. uh, we cannot uh, be we cannot take any action outside of the mm. normal what we call section six negotiating process we can't do that um, so you know, most of the time, though, it's it's, you know, a situation where, you know, the union says, hey, we don't know anything. But really, unofficially, there's all this stuff going on. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it's so so now uh, uh, courts have been even coming down heavily on, on that. Uh, now, the, uh, the the judge who has been assigned is presiding over this TRO case that was filed on Friday, and we anticipate being heard in the next seven to 10 days. Um, he is a Bush appointee, um, I believe from 2007, possibly 2005, could be wrong on that. So we don't really know what that portends uh, for us. Typically, they tend to not be very friendly to labor. On the other hand, uh, uh, they are not thrilled with uh, some of these COVID activities as well. So we really don't know politically where that judge will come down on that. But yes, the, the Southwest Airlines Pilot Association, they have to walk a very fine line. Uh, they cannot be seen to be supporting any of this. They have to be seen to be, um, you know, uh, on the up and up. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I look at you and you're trying to, I'm, I'm trying to, you're trying to find words. Yeah, because Basically, what I heard, and, and this ain't had. I just want to say, Adam, I, I, make, I, I have a hearing problems sometimes, like Gabe do, because he only got one ear, but I got both mine. Um, so there could be a lot of weather in the future. There, there could be some, some. Who knows how Snow the weather in Florida could a, a, adjust and affect things? Because well, you know, well, but and I. And I have to, and I have to say this honestly, you know, and I and, and I have to speak not not only as a pilot for Southwest, but as a, as a Christian who who honors his employer as well. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm saying something that I would have no problem being broadcast in the executive boardroom of Southwest Airlines, and that is there is no official or even unofficial uh, job action happening amongst the pilot group uh, at Southwest. What we do have are three thousand professionals who have looked at 
what is coming down to them. And they have done what both the FAA and the company requires of them. And that is to evaluate yourself. Are you okay Mm -hmm. to go and fly right now? This is no joke. And this isn't even semantics. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. we're just playing a game. I mean, just imagine, you know, these are for pilots, these are multi-million dollar careers that are being turned to ash Mm. uh, overnight. And so, you know, look, yeah, uh, you know, me personally, on on my last trip, I I was not okay uh, to to go to work. I needed to process and be with my family who was also very concerned. Um, And, you know, that's part of the I'm safe checklist. And we go through it. And we have 3,000 pilots who also this weekend went through that very checklist. So why is the CEO of Southwest Airlines kind of leaning into, you know, this this quasi uh, uh, weather narrative slash, you know, Florida organizational narrative? There's no evidence, he said, that has anything to do with COVID mandates. Yeah. Well, you know, I... uh, you know, I was I was very blessed before uh, before becoming a pilot that I was a an Air Force trained meteorologist as well. Um, and while I can't be all places at all times, uh, I can look at a radar. Um, I can read a radar. I can read weather reports. And I have flown in and out of Florida thousands and thousands of times. Um, and so there were a few thunderstorms around. Uh, certainly nothing uh, that even begins to justify uh, the cancellations that we had. Uh, you know, uh, air traffic control centers, approaches, uh, approach control and tower control, they're all very adept at dealing with thunderstorms. They're very efficient at it. They're good at it. Pilots who fly in and out of Florida all the time. Uh, it, it's it's really a non-event. So, why, so what, yeah. why would Southwest Airlines maybe be kind of avoiding the forced vax narrative. Um, why would they avoid that? Especially, I mean, there's a current what injunction in the courts right now regarding that very thing. Why would the airlines be avoiding that narrative? You know, as as an airline, we are we are inextricably linked to regulatory bodies. We are one of the most highly regulated industries in the world. Yeah. Uh, we and and so because of that, we. I can only imagine, and I and I actually said this, uh, wrote this in a in a, a very kind letter to Mr. Kelly just last week that I understand the stresses stressors that he's under. Yeah, uh, he yeah. is no doubt getting direct phone calls from the White House saying, "Hey, yeah, this is what you will do. Get in line, uh, and it wow. will happen." Wow. Uh, wow. And it and, and look, we're 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 so highly regulated, we're so highly intertwined, and not only that, but we just took billions of dollars in government cheese. Um, yeah. billions, <laughs> yeah. and they yanking on those hooks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and I got to ask one of the things that um, the CEO Kelly said inside of his uh, interview with Good Morning America was that no one is going to lose their jobs over these vaccine yeah. mandates. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so it seems like he's trying to, in one way, he's trying to deal with, like you said, he's dealing with a lot of pressure. He's trying to speak he's, to those three thousand right. pilots. He's trying to speak to those pilots and saying, "Okay, guys, we, we're going to." fight this in one sense as best we can and maybe the way to fight it like he said inside of his interview was through um religious religious exemptions and other forms of exemptions that exist how how did you hear that what what did you hear with that sure well gary kelly is a great guy uh from 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 what i know he's done a phenomenal job with southwest airlines he has kept the tradition from herb kelleher going 
Um, you know, I, I'm blessed to work for one of the airlines that it's one of the few companies in the world that people say, oh, I love that company. Uh, you know, if you talk to someone, tell them you fly for Southwest, I almost invariably hear, oh, that's all. That's that's the only people I fly. I love you guys. Yeah. Uh, and so it is a special place. And he, and he has done a good job in that. But that being said, you don't get to be the CEO of Southwest Airlines without being a very good wordsmith. Um, and that is exactly what we saw, mm. uh, in my opinion on this was wordsmithing because you're correct. Nobody is going to be fired. Uh, well, <laughs> and actually that's not true. And he can't say that because there are going to be a good number of pilots who will not be filing for religious or medical exemptions that have a philosophical, uh, objection or some other form of objection that will not be honored by Southwest airlines. So he really can't say that. Uh, that that's that's speaking completely out of turn. You you would someone would require all knowledge to be able to make a, a statement like that. But here's where the wordsmithing comes in. To say that nobody's going to be fired, that is severely disingenuous because we have two accommodations that have been offered: a medical and a religious. That's normal. Now the medical accommodations, from what we have been told, those that are given, they will continue to be allowed to fly. Those who are given religious accommodations, you will be put on indefinite leave with no pay. You just got. In canned. other words, wow. you're fired by a by by just a different name. So to say no one's going to lose their job, wow. he knows that's not incorrect because there are going to be hundreds of us, myself included, that have filed for religious exemption uh, or accommodation, as they call it. It's much nicer, right? Yeah. Uh, accommodation, uh, and we will effectively lose our jobs. So it's wordsmithing, unfortunately. Well, why the separation between the two? Why does one... Isn't that interesting? It's like, excuse me, ma'am, but your worldview is showing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Indeed. Science. Indeed. Science wins. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- th- this, is, this is a byproduct of our culture. It would be unthinkable even 10 years ago that there would be any, any sort of uh, daylight between a religious or a medical exemption. They were considered equally on par, equally important, equally valued. That is no longer the case, and that is a byproduct of our times. And so here's my problem with the science, uh, the medical exemption is, okay, some guy has a heart murmur. He gets a medical exemption, but then he's in the sky with a heart murmur. <laughs> I'd rather have some dude with a religious exemption flying the plane. Right, right. <laughs> well, actually, in this case, in this, in this kind of ties into uh, a, uh, an equally important aspect of this is – you know the scuttlebutt. Um, can I still say that word? Scuttlebutt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Scuttlebutt on the uh, on on the street is that very few exemptions are going to be given. Yeah. Um, some airlines have taken a philosophy that they're going to be very liberal with how they give them out and just yes, yes, yes. We don't want to mess around with it. I, in fact, just today received my form from Southwest Airlines on the religious accommodation form, and it is extensive. Huh. And it is deep, and they are probing in areas that I would love to talk to them about. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 you know, yeah, wow. So, so, uh, look yeah. right and cough. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk to them about areas they want to probe in there. Um, so here, here's some of the thing. Right now, have you been paying attention to Kyrie Irving? Just, I think it came out today that the Nets are not going to allow him to play if uh, he doesn't get vaccinated. Is that right? Yeah, so that's just wow. came out with Kyrie yep. Irving. Wow. And what I stepped back and looked at was, no, it didn't seem like, at least I didn't see it right away, no one seemed to have his back. 
he was kind of out there by himself. And I think it was Jason Whitlock that said, you know, Southwest, something, whatever's going on there, these guys are together. At least they were standing together. But have you, have you gotten, or you or other, is there, I'm, I'm thinking like the Southern Baptist Convention, the ERLC, I'm thinking they have an entity design kind of for people who would have religious exemptions. Is there anybody out there that, that's kind of come to your aid at all and standing with you guys at all? Outside a great, of the- a great question, uh, brother. Uh, in fact, it's been just the opposite. In fact, there is such a dearth and a vacuum of need out there that I myself have been getting inundated from people that are needing help uh, uh, writing and um, uh, composing religious exemption documents. So, no, it's in fact it's just the opposite of that. And if we if we look at SBC, if we look at Big Eva, number one, the IMB have all required it. Uh, uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, oh, yes. The IMB have all required. And I was, and I was very sad to hear that uh, uh, a dear friend of mine. Um, What's IMB? Say, International Mission uh, Board. International Missions Board. That's the international. That is the. Um, wow. Uh, international Missions uh, Organization for the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, Adam, if, I'm re- if oh, I remember wow. correctly, that is the whole reason that brings Southern Baptists together. Like that is the core. Like oh, it's. If you don't have it, that, it, you don't get big. the union. Yeah, it, it's big. And they have required that all of their missionaries uh, get it. And unfortunately, you know, one of my dear brothers no. who's training to go out into the field right now, he uh, he took it. And three days later, he was having a blood clot removed from his leg. Wow. Oh, um, my. Ah, it's just it, his leg. <laughs> it's just his leg, right? Come on. Uh, so, but, but that kind of tells you where the head of – of SBC thought is um, wow. there's there's nothing like it. and that's backed up I and mean, what what have, what have we seen I mean if we look at some of the big talking heads within that within that convention and I would even broaden the umbrella to say over Big Eva yeah. alone when we look at people even like Robert Jeffries recently big Trump guy right First right. Baptist Church of Dallas right said there was no credible religious argument against the COVID vaccine yeah uh, I was recently recently listening to the briefing by by Dr Moeller uh, you know he repeated some of the you know he parroted some of those uh, untruths out there about all of all of the uh, uh, aborted fetal lines were from two babies back in 1960 which is demonstrably false. Not huh. true at all, but it's hard for your everyday layman Christian right. who's out there trying to navigate these waters. They look to these people for help and for guidance. And what is being parroted out there from Big Eva and the heads is demonstrably false. But who cares if it was from the 60s? <laughs> you know, it's still wrong. Yeah. Oh, this, we, guys, this is a black guy we killed back in the 30s. So yeah, right. So was it, was it a human being? Was it a human? Was it a human being? Like, oh my goodness, uh, Adam. You know, you're not you're not really giving me a whole lot of encouragement here. Um, <laughs> but but I'm but I'm still holding out hope because you're a pastor. Maybe you can help us here. Um, but but seriously, um, when I saw this over the weekend, I think a lot of people were like actually really excited. I mean, a lot like thinking. Oh, finally, because I, yeah. I've been yeah, thinking for months. I've been thinking for months. I mean, since this whole COVID thing started, I mean, after whatever, the two weeks to flatten the curve, and, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, my goodness, this thing is a scam. Like, this thing is is insane. It has legs. And I keep thinking to myself, surely now everybody's going to stand up and say no. Surely now, surely now, and then here we are, a year and a half later, and Southwest Airlines, of all places, a bunch of pilots say no. Um, 
is is this the beginning of a wave of resistance or are you not seeing that uh i don't know okay uh i don't know because it because the honest truth is that these are 3000 individual professionals yeah. that are evaluating themselves and and i don't know what that's going to look like mm. um i know what it looks like for me um and i know what it looks like for some of my brothers that i've been speaking with as well right. so i can say that uh but uh i i think you're going to actually i think some of it is going to ease off a little bit uh as far as the cancellations and what not go over the next weeks simply because um that initial wave of distress amongst flight crews has has they've had some time to process and so they may be feeling like they can go back and work a trip um so you may see you may see that um i think as we get closer to the november 24th deadline uh december 8th is the actual federal deadline november 24th is what southwest has has given us uh, to be vaccinated by um as we get closer to that uh and we get around the thanksgiving time uh i think that uh many pilots are going to begin to struggle again hey hey and i want to circle back on one thing real quick it's, you know as i'm thinking about this and i know you have to be extremely careful about how you talk about this but if you can't answer this it's totally fine is it fair to say that southwest had a pilot problem over the weekend well we need more than two pilots to take off we need three flight attendants as well mm. uh they had a people and problem. They have definitely had a people problem. Uh, they definitely had a people problem. Uh, now, can we say that there was multiple uh, different things that led into this or that that contributed to this? Was there mismanagement by their own admission? Yes, there was mismanagement. Uh, but right now, you'll notice that they're really going out of their way to avoid any yeah. talk about um what is what is the real reason um yeah so i couldn't i i was talking to the guys here and this isn't free i don't want you to have to get in trouble with this either but i i looked at this and said i can't think of a time where 2300 pilots or i'm sorry not pilot 2300 flights were canceled um in over three days in the last 20 years the last time i seen something this massive was really 9 11 with, with the sun out <laughs> yeah so has there has there has there been anything on this scale ever that you can remember since you've been you've actually been in the industry yeah yeah i've been in the industry for 20 years i to my knowledge and i did try and do a little bit of historical research i have never seen anything like it wow. uh and so it's it's um it's pretty powerful. Wow. So, uh, Governor Abbott, God bless Texas. Um, he, God bless Texas. He's getting sweet tea. He signed an executive order. That's why I have to order unsweetened tea up here in, nor in the north. Oh, because, heresy. Right, well, oh, I knew you guys had because, heresy up there in Moscow. Because if you, <laughs> <laughs> that is a blasphemy I don't approve of. That's for sure, brother. <laughs> because he orders sweet tea up here in the north. They just, uh, they don't know what they're doing. So, um, but Texas, Governor Abbott signed an executive order. Uh, banning or temporarily banning uh, businesses forcing vaccination. Why don't you, you, say, you, it's a man, why don't you say it's a mandate against mandates? Come it's on, a, it's bro. a mandate against mandates. Did you see that, um, Adam? That is correct. And in in uh, fast, true Southwest corporate style, they have responded already that they intend to comply with the Biden vaccine mandate over the Texas ban. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> bunch of Yankees. You know, I think we had some conversations in 1859 yeah. about some of these kinds of things. Oh. Uh, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Way over my head on constitutional law stuff there. Yeah, states' yeah. rights. And, oh, I mean, my goodness. Wow. We, need to, we need to talk about this on Friday. Okay, we got a lot to talk about on Friday. Adam, thank you, man. Really appreciate you, brother. Thank yep. you for... Uh, your faithfulness in the ministry and, and joyful for disposition, man. Jumping in here with us. Really appreciate you, brother. Absolutely, you guys. God bless. Yeah, bye. Um there were there was more mouth dropping moments in that particular interview than I expected. Yeah. I felt like we were where, where, where was yours? My, the, the, well, I saw you at the beginning. You were just like looking for when he started talking about the union. Yes, because when he I, talking about the union, you were like I was like, when you go under underground railroad, you don't make no noise. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 have a conversation in whispers yeah. or there may or may not which we cannot confirm or deny i i was like oh that's the because i didn't expect to be in that kind of situation well, and when, it, when you're in that situation yeah. you're in a china shop and to, right? yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. You, it's very there, there, to that point notice every all the players here all have some sort of a uh, uh, lever on them yeah why do we have this monitor why are we why on the screen waiting for rod to come in oh, okay. for rod to come in another thing another thing you know, thing, thing, you know that's I, just like a okay why don't you switch screens you know like a cross politic Something or other. I, I didn't see any. Que- I was looking in the chat room. I was looking for questions. I didn't no. see any questions. Oh, hey, Rod. Rod's here. There he is. There he but is. I, seriously, I texted him. I said, "You're killing me, Rod. Where are you at?" <laughs> well, no, that was great because we need to finish talking about I, that. But that one, I knew exactly what was going on, and I was like, "Yeah." When when you see, it's sometimes like if you're watching a fight, you can see the setup, but the people in the fight can't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and you yeah. don't want to yell yeah. in the fight. Right. Good job, yeah. you're right hook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then, but then uh, the other time when your head kind of exploded in here was when he mentioned the what's it called IMB. Oh, International Mission Board. And it, th- that they're that they're being, they're being mandate. They mandated the vaccine, and he, and he and he says he's got no backup, no backing from leadership. He he references what's the guy's name in Dallas, Texas, Robert Robert Jeffrey, who. who sh- that dude should not be in Texas. And, and then, and then, uh, and then, Doctor Mueller, even on the briefing, apparently yeah. repeating some tropes that he shouldn't be repeating. Um, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, so, Mister Martin, welcome, Ride. welcome back to Cross Politic. Good to be here. You've been going off on the social medias, and I was telling the guys earlier it was kind of like. Um, hearing a play-by-play of a sport that I'm not familiar with. It was like you were calling play-by-play with like cricket or something like that, and I didn't know if there was a touchdown or a foul um, or whatever. Or soccer. I mean, just soccer. I just don't know what's going on in soccer. <laughs> so, oh, oh, not soccer. Goodness sake. Everybody knows soccer's a it's... comedy plot. <laughs> so uh, you need to bring us up to speed. I mean, on the one hand, we have just learned, we just got off the phone talking with a southwestern airline. Uh, Airline pilot, pilot who's yeah. also an SBC pastor, um, right. and um, and so he was bringing a, up, us up to speed on the whole, you know, all the flights being canceled this last weekend for a weather pers- personnel problem, and mm-hmm. um, and and actually noted uh, in the conversation that uh, SBC leadership and big big Eva leadership have been really no help to him at all. Right, this is disappointing. And, and, right? uh, but I hear that maybe that's because um, y'all are all kind of busy with something else. <laughs> We have been a tad busy to be fair. And, and I understand if the vast majority of your viewers would not understand this, 
we are not a hierarchy. And so, you know, the executive committee can't really hand out religious exemptions because we don't have any authority to do that. Okay. Uh, it's, it's just not at all like the Catholics or even Presbyterians in that regard. So oh, that's not true. Part of that is just structural. <laughs> Although, as you know, we have a lot of people trying to turn us into that uh and and to do so for a rather nefarious purpose but, so right, yes can I, I just want to push back on that just a little bit so don't hurt me okay because i know you know we good friends <laughs> run, run sharp be sharp <laughs> last time i saw you we were hugged up at the sbc doing an interview <laughs> together so we good friends but I, I i'm not even concerned so much about the executive committee because i think you're right about that the way in the structure but the erlc has the name ethics and religious liberty commission in its title is that what it stands for and so i just see that if there's an opportunity for us to be ethical and our religious beliefs wouldn't it come from the erlc to throw up a flag i mean they've having conference on sexual abuse why not just write a little letter but government abuse well you know i agree with the thought well that's they, all i need to know that, have, thank you they do not have ecclesiological authority to give anybody a religious exemption but they would certainly do well to give cover to the many pastors Come on who now. should do so right. there you go. by saying that they believe this is wrong and this should not be something that's controversial. My goodness, we we held people guilty for war crimes at Nuremberg for for putting things in other people's bodies against their will. <laughs> I mean, this is this is basic. Wow. You know, this is just so obvious that you can't force people against their will to do this sort of thing. You know, it may or may not be a good idea. You can debate whether or not somebody ought to take the vaccine. And by the way, as a as a COVID survivor, yeah. I would like to highlight to your viewers that, in fact, there are some pretty good scientific studies out now that suggest that if you've had COVID, the vaccine can hurt you. Yeah. So yeah. you need to take that stuff into account. There, there oh. are things here. You don't have to go all the way to being anti-vax or even yep. anti-this-vax to have some real qualms about it, not least because, and, and we talked about this on the show back months ago, you know, in theory, an mRNA vaccine is a godsend. It has potential to be revolutionary for medical science. But on the other hand, this is kind of the first time we've ever done it, and we're <laughs> using it on literally everybody. I mean, that's... Yep. Not exactly what I would call a, a safe clinical trial. Yes. So so if people have issues with it, that's a completely understandable thing. It, it might or might not be wise when we find out, you know, and, and we've got 2020 hindsight, but to besmirch the reputations of people and shame people for having misgivings about this right. is, is not only foolish and uncharitable, it, it's frankly disingenuous. But Rod... Doesn't I mean it seems like we're talking about this forced vaccine thing when there's a lot more corruption and rot under the American system. If you know, for us to get here and say and to force people for the government to force people to vaccinate or even in businesses to force people to participate in this experimental vaccination, there's a there's a history of rot that already has embedded in what's going on for us to be able to get to this point. Well, even if you didn't speak of anything current, you will recall that the Tuskegee experiment ended just the year before I was born. Mm. You know, and they, they intentionally 
deliberately infected black men with with i believe syphilis yep, yep. just to watch yep. to see what happened to them while they rotted away and died wow. i mean it is not unheard of for our government to do things that are morally horrific and i'm i am not an anti-american at all i am i am a big believer in america but i can understand where there might be some people who looked at something like this and said, wait, what do I not know here? Right. And that's especially true, by the way, for the largest single demographic group in America that has refused the vaccine, and that's actually black Americans. Wow. So I, I have good reason. Well, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> they're a little they're a little suspicious. Yeah, you know, I, um, it's not crazy right wing Trump supporters. It's yeah. black guys. I yeah. wish I and wish they were. They have good reason. I right. wish they were refuse abortion for the same reasons. But that right. just that's yeah. a whole yeah. So Kyrie he, Irving, yeah. So, so Doc, I, let me. I was on Facebook and I saw that you posted. I think it was on Twitter actually. Yeah. You posted a, a tweet saying that the the SBC lawyers. After 56 years, have resigned, and I looked up, and I'm brushing my teeth, and I look up, and I'm like, "What just happened? What in the world? I don't even." Could you start back at the beginning of this narrative and kind of take me up to where we're at right now with the resignation of 56 years? That's before the conservative resurgence they've been with the SBC. What in the oh. world could have happened that would have made them uh, resign? Yeah. yeah, I mean. 13 years before the resurgence began, I mean, years before I was born, you know, uh, Jim Gunther in particular, and then later Jamie Jordan have been serving us, not just the executive committee, but the SBC as a whole, uh, as our general counsels. And yes, they did resign their withdrawal yesterday. Uh, some people reported that as uh, withdrawing from representing just the executive committee they they withdrew from representing all of us whoa and and they felt like they didn't have a choice i've talked to them and, and their letter was pretty self-explanatory and if your viewers haven't read it i encourage them to do so y'all can post it or it's on my facebook wall but they felt that they could not give us professional counsel in an ethical and reasonable manner that upheld their duties as professionals in the absence of attorney-client privilege. And of course, that's obviously true to any professional person, uh, unlike the great many of our, our uh, friends in the SBC who think that attorney-client privilege is just some scam to hide crimes or something. Attorney-client privilege isn't about hiding anything except things that are legitimate communications between someone and their lawyer. So, for instance, if you've done something horribly wrong, attorney-client privilege is not going to cover that. But in the alternative, if you want to talk about trial strategy, if you want to talk about who should we call as a witness or who should we not, would it be wise to enter this contract or not? Is there something about this contract we're talking about entering that we need to think through without telling the whole world what we were thinking about it? Those kinds of things are protected by the privilege. It's inherent and essential to the entire Anglo-American legal system going back long before independence. Actually, it's been uphold, upheld repeatedly by the U.S. Supreme Court as essential because if you can't speak to your lawyer confidentially, you'll generally not speak to your lawyer. 
Yeah. And, and that's exactly the system you have in places like Soviet Russia and Venezuela and Cuba. Wow. It's, it's a system that prevents clients from being represented at all. Now, our immediate issue, as you know, springs from the, the motion offered by Grant Gaines and Ronnie Parrott at the, at the annual meeting back in June. It was to set up a, a task force to investigate the executive committee for allegations Russell Moore made about sex abuse there. Now, you will note that it's been 20 months since Russell Moore, a mandatory reporter, made those allegations in print, which he claimed he had sent to his entire board of trustees, but in fact, it only sent to a handful of his board. And that handful with Russell to this moment has not called the police about any allegation, yep. has not disclosed to anybody that they know of a particular case. They have made all these allegations. They talk about a rape culture at the executive committee. They, they talk about they talk about children being shredded, you know, and sexually molested and all these things. I don't know when a child was last at the executive committee. I, 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 that just sounds crazy to me. But it's crazier when you realize that Russell Moore carpet bombed the SBC with this on his way out the door. Mm. Because, you know, people who resign from their job are never disgruntled with their employer. Never. And, never. and of course, <laughs> he wasn't possibly trying to influence the outcome of the presidential election two weeks later at the annual meeting. Right. It's not like he had anybody he preferred or especially wanted to beat, you know. And of course, and of course, one of those people being the uh, chairman of the executive committee, Mike Stone, who was running for president of the SBC, came within 300 votes of winning that out of 16,000. You know, it's not like Russell had anything uh, he wanted to do uh, to Ronnie Floyd, who is the president of the staff of the executive committee. Mm -hmm. Not like they've been at loggerheads for years. No, no, no. This is all completely above board. Right. Nothing about this smells to high heaven except, oh, wait. We actually got a whistleblower letter from one of his trustees just a couple weeks ago, which you probably saw. Jonathan Whitehead, longtime trustee at the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, attorney, Harvard-trained attorney, on his legal letterhead, giving us all kinds of details about how this whole thing was, in his words, a, a blatant dishonesty for the purpose of affecting the election. So on that basis, the messengers were herded into a belief that there's this nest of sex vipers in Nashville and ordered uh, a task force to investigate that. Well, wow. the motion was worded to include best practices, including a waiver of attorney-client privilege. Well, waiver of attorney-client privilege isn't a best practice. It's not a standard practice. I don't know anybody who's gone through this process who has ever waived attorney-client privilege. It's nothing but malpractice. It's mm. ridiculous. And oh. we had we had a bunch of lawyers, both lawyers who are members of the executive committee and lawyers who were working to advise the executive committee, among them Jim Gunther and Jamie Jordan, uh, but also a former a former U.S. attorney, a former uh, head of, of a sex abuse task force at the Department of Justice, a former nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court, all advising us. And every last one of them said, this is just crazy. This is not something that should ever, ever, ever be done. And the ultimate reason why 
is it's going to blow our insurance that we were advised. And I might as well say this because there's no privilege. Now, <laughs> all of them unanimously said this will result in the Southern Baptist convention being uninsurable. Wow. Well, now listen, there are a lot of reasons that's a bad idea, but let's just hit the biggest and most obvious one. If there really are victims, who's going to pay them? If you don't have insurance, where's that coming from? That's supposed to come from the insurance. If you don't have insurance, how many missionaries are coming off the field? Right. How many How many other things are we doing that we're supposed to be doing that we're not going to be able to do? It's just absolutely crazy. It is deeply unbiblical. It's the be warm and be filled motion. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that is not how we are supposed to be operating. <clears throat> so Finally, on that point, I'll just say this. The executive committee is not a great commission ministry. The executive committee is a fiduciary ministry. It's our job to take cooperative program money and send it out to all the places it's supposed to go so that other people can do great commission ministry. It is very, it's not just important. It is essential to our existence and purpose as given to us for a century by the messengers to mind those exact P's and Q's. So the people who were out there saying, you guys just care about money. Actually, that's our job. That's why we're there. So the missionaries can go preach the gospel. So the seminarians can get trained to go preach the gospel. So so widows and orphans can get fed. Our job is to mind that. So the people who said that this was all corrupt somehow because we care about insurance totally miss the point, don't understand the system. And if somebody isn't taking care of that, no widows are getting fed and no missionaries are getting sent. So Rod, um, that is really helpful. Uh, the one thing that I'm, I'm still unclear on is when did the executive committee waive their attorney client privilege? When, when did that happen? That happened a week ago and, and, and that, actually a week ago today. And that happened against all these lawyers, all these people who are saying, don't do it, don't do it. And they did it anyway. Yes. And what? I would add to that. Not only did all of our lawyers, both the lawyers who are members of the executive committee and lawyers who were hired to represent the executive committee unanimously tell us, and these are all people who are experienced in exactly these kinds of things, exactly these kinds of investigations, exactly these kinds of insurance issues, unanimously told us, this is crazy. You must not do it. Here are the 43 consequences that happen if you're dumb enough to do it. Not only did they defile that, but they listened to a law firm hired by the sex abuse task force, which said things that honestly, in my view, are malpractice. Wow. They, they should be turned in for the, the legal advice they gave. But not only that, they are one of the leading LGBTQ law firms in the world. They've won awards on three continents Stop for their it. promotion of transgenderism. And Stop this it. is who the SBC Sex Abuse Task Force, appointed by President Ed Litton, chose to hire as their counsel. <laughs> no, no, no. I no, marvel no, at this. my goodness. You know what, Rod? You know, the only person I feel sorry for in this is you. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> he, he, you. I, I mean, I'm serious because two years ago, two years ago, a little trailer came out. Yeah. Trying to warn everybody that this was the play. Yeah. 
Yeah. Two years ago. Right. And, and by and, what and, standard trailer? And, and Al Mohler. Like, the guy who made that trailer is awesome. <laughs> I, love that I knew I loved you. <laughs> <laughs> and and somebody tried to raise the flag, say it's coming for you. They are going to come for you, and they are going to strip you and beat you naked in front of everybody. And 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 what I'm hearing right now is just shocking to me that they would not see this play coming. Why would the guys on the S on the on the on the executive on the board committee. executive committee? Why would they even vote to do such a thing? When can't they see they were getting played on this, Rod? There are a bunch of people who did just get played, and they're innocent. They're good men and women who just they wanted to do the will of the messengers, right? Never mind that the messengers were not advised of the legalities of any of this. Wow. I think you were there, weren't you? Not yeah, I was, and so you saw how that got rammed through on an emotional argument with almost no debate and no lawyer was brought on the platform. They had lawyers to speak to other issues before the convention. No lawyer was allowed to speak to, and if you do this this way, it will cause this harm. That was not permitted. So, <laughs> so yes, the messengers did will this, but the messengers were themselves misled, yeah. and then that gets to our group, and yeah, I mean, a bunch of a bunch of sweet pastors sitting there being told, Hey, we got to do this. This is about transparency. This is about right and wrong. Yeah. But it's not that simple. We had a way to do everything. The messenger said it'd be messy, but it would be possible to do it while also fulfilling our legal obligations. Didn't do it. And and it's just so frustrating. They were so frustrating. You you guys bring me on your show to tell you all kinds of stuff that nobody else will say. So here's some up. Okay. You got three buckets of people in this, beside the ones who honestly, in my view, got played. And I really feel for them because they're about to get some prizes they do not anticipate. Yeah. But of the people who are guilty, one, there's a group of people, some of them on the task force, who just want to beat the conservatives into the dirt. And as you know, there has been a conservative majority on the EC. They want to discredit us and turn us into a bunch of rapists. Right. And honestly, they're, they've got Twitter out in force to do exactly that. Wow. That is wicked to the core, and they don't really care what they have to do to get there. Yeah. The second group is some of the entity heads, because when Southwestern Seminary unlawfully removed two of its own trustees, Ronnie Floyd stood up, and when the executive committee voted to go investigate the ERLC, not not for something crazy like this, but for but for causing churches to withhold cooperative program giving and see if there really is a problem there. That upset a lot of the entity heads. They don't want there to be anybody who can hold them accountable for anything. Mm. And so you, that second bucket is guys who are just trying to protect themselves from any scrutiny. But there's a third group of people that's playing both of those. And that's the trial lawyers. One particular trial lawyer who is the chief consultant to the task force. There's now a, there's now a litigation firm out there advertising. I just saw the I just saw the link yesterday. It's basically if you've been harmed by the Southern Baptist Convention, call us. Do we cheat them and how? <laughs> and you know you got the whole thing. Wow. Just as I said would happen. Those people see waiver of privilege as an opportunity wow. because 
if the insurance is gone, and I don't feel bad about saying this now. I told him I'm only going to say this in executive session. I'm only going to say it when it's privileged. But alas, nothing is now. So here's the play. The reality is trial lawyer looks at this, says, ah, those guys are going to lose their insurance. We can make sure they lose their insurance by running up the legal bills because the EC only has X amount of money. So they run out that money. And now every one of these members is going to get sued individually in addition to the EC as a whole and all the staff members too, and probably past EC members and probably past staff members. Russell Moore. Some of them are poor. (laughs) Some of them are, are uh, bivocational pastors. I know one trivocational pastor for heaven's sake. And these guys don't have any money. So you run up their legal fees until they squeal. And then you stick a settlement agreement in front of them. Mm -hmm. Confesses two lies such as, Oh, the SBC is a hierarchy. And that means that we, we can recover from not just the executive committee, but the international mission board and the Florida Baptist convention and the Florida Baptist children's home. We'll take their houses. We'll take their meals and, and, Oh, maybe your local church. And that's what they're really going for. And that has already started that, that do we cheat them and how ad I told you about is making that case right now. And so that is already beginning. And the legal strategy is evil, corrupt, but very smart. And don't think these guys weren't warned because we did warn them. What, what's the name of that legal firm that you said is a, a, a representing transgender and LGBT causes? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm blanking on their name. It's, I think, Linklaters. Okay. I think that's right. I'll, I'll look it up for you and get it to you. Yeah. Hey, hey, Rod, you know, when I saw your tweet in the 56 years – that we had service from these this uh, this company, these lawyers, and the SBC, it made me think the SBC is in a place that it's really never been before. It is. It's in a it's in a the most unique and that's saying something, especially knowing what happened in the conservative resurgence. The SBC is in a place where, honestly, brother, I, I'm trying to figure out how rebounding from this. It's being complete. It's the conservative resurgence is kind of having a, uh, a it's being deformed now with this new movement. Is they're about to reshape and remake the whole Southern Baptist Convention through this one play. Yeah. This was designed for that purpose. Uh, it could have that effect. I mean, we've already had a ton of EC members resign. Uh, all the accountants had to resign immediately because they can't. They can't carry out their fiduciary duties to their own firms and serve on a body that's done what we just did. A bunch of the lawyers, uh, a bunch of other people who just think that, you know, maybe if I get out of the way, they won't sue me. Good luck, guys, because they have a list. Right. (laughs) You're not getting out of anything. Right. So, you know, and and I'm in a bad spot, too. I've got my lawyers debating about this, too, because I'm on a bunch of nonprofit and for-profit boards. I I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay, but I'm trying to. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a very bad place. At the same time, and and this goes beyond the scope of this show, but can the ship be saved? Yes, it still can. I think it's not 100%, but I, I think it's still pretty high. If conservative Southern Baptists, will take this moment seriously and get themselves to Anaheim in June. There's still a chance to save this before it goes the way of the Boy Scouts. And the thing about the Boy Scouts is, you know, they had it coming. 
they totally deserve the $1.9 billion settlement. They let in gay scoutmasters and then they start letting in gay scouts and then they start letting in girls as scouts and they're putting them all in tents together. They're having national jamboree and passing out condoms to everybody. How do you not get a thousand sex abuse claims in that situation? These are 14 year olds for heaven's sake. This is not the case here. And we are not a hierarchy. So something that happened at South Succotash Baptist Church, or for that matter, my church, yeah. you, know, you guys may not know this, but we have an ex-pastor who is a convicted child molester. Now, we had already excommunicated him for adultery before he ever got caught for molesting children, but that happened at my church. And, and as you can see, we were on top of it. The minute there was a problem, we yeah. handled it properly. Uh, I know of churches where they had a, a youth minister do something wrong. Those guys were in handcuffs immediately. This is not a big problem in most churches. I would go so far as to say that one of the safest places you can be on this earth is a Southern Baptist church. I say that just from statistics. That's just a reality. So using this is the same thing as using it against Brett Kavanaugh. It is it is an ugly, yep. intentional political attack. That's- by Russell Moore and his friends to destroy one side in a in a political and theological argument. And the political argument, you can argue about whether it matters that much or not. The theological argument matters infinitely. Um, me too, Trojan horse. Yeah, you know, you know Rod, you, I really appreciate you coming on, man. You always always brings yeah. the fire. You know, the, yeah. one of the things you said, when is it they said you need to get out there June what? Anaheim in June. June in Anaheim, California. Yeah, right. you, I think before then, you, a lot of pastors need to pray for a revival before they get out there. And, yeah, that's in June, right. God changes that's their right. hearts. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. If Thank you're single, you. get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. See you Wednesday night. Cancel culture is real. CrossPolitik is on the front lines of this battle with the goal of creating a Christian television network and platform where we can't be canceled and where content creators will have the freedom to glorify God. Our goal is to create a space for like-minded businesses to thrive on this platform and to reach an audience that will not only buy your products and services, but also support your business when the heat of cancel culture comes your way. We want our platform to help you create an anti-fragile business as we bring together Christians from all over the world to tune in. With millions of downloads a year, access to DirecTV, Xfinity, and social media outlets, we are excited to partner with you. So, if you own a business and believe in this vision, then you need to call me. I'm Garrison Hardy, and I am the business development rep at CrossPolitik and the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We are looking for businesses, large or small, that not only have great products and services, but also understand that the cultural battle that is impacting the business climate here and now. I have a background in marketing, and I'd love to help you advertise your business on CrossPolitik. Give me a call at 208-792-1290 or email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com.